0: I just want to read just a few verses from that little epistle that comes before the book, the Revelation which of course is the epistle of Jude Jude and verse 1 Jude the servant of Jesus Christ and brother of James to them that are sanctified by God the Father and preserved in Jesus Christ and called. Mercy unto you and peace and love be multiplied. Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and to exhort you that ye should earnestly contend for the faith Which was once delivered onto the saints. This evening, dear friends, we're going to speak on the subject of Islam. Uh, Some time ago, I came across uh, an article in one of the national newspapers, and here's what it says. There are 1.57 billion Muslims around the world, meaning that nearly one in four people practices the Islamic faith, according to a report published yesterday. The size of the Muslim population has long been the subject of guesswork, with estimates ranging from 1 billion to 1.8 billion. But the report by U.S. think tank, the Pew Forum on Religion and Public Life, is billed as the most comprehensive of its kind. It shows that Germany has more Muslims than Lebanon, China has more than Syria, and Russia has more than Jordan and Libya combined. One commentator, an assistant professor of politics at Princeton University, in the United States said this idea that Muslims are Arabs and Arabs are Muslims is obliterated by this report. Britain has 1,647,000 Muslims, 2.7% of UK population, are not 0.1% of the global Muslim population. The report said that while the heart of Islam might beat in the Middle East, its greatest numbers lie in Asia. More than 60% of the world's Muslims live there. Indonesia has the world's largest Muslim population, 203 million. About 20% of Muslims live in the Middle East and North Africa. 15% in sub Saharan Africa, 2.5% in Europe, and 0.3% in the Americas. Europe is home to about 38 million. An article in one of the national newspapers. Here is what um, a principal of a Muslim college in London said. Every Muslim is a missionary. He has to spread the word. He's got to set an example. We try to convert the world. Our objective is to have one state, one religion, and one community. That, my dear friends, is the objective of the Islamic faith. In the light of these facts, then it beholds us to ask certain questions. Why is Islam the fastest growing religion? (coughs) Two, what is the appeal to men and women? See, is it a simple and easier religion than Christianity? What are the fundamental differences between them? Does Jesus or Muhammad have the last word? Are Allah and our God one and the same? What is our response to the challenge? And as I said last week, Christians need to wake up churches need to wake up with regard to Islam and someone has said that there's every possibility that in years to come Britain will be an Islamic state that will be the most important religion of all Only a possibility, but uh, it has been said. And the purpose of this meeting this evening, dear friends, is to have a brief look at Islam. And what I'm going to do tonight is this. We're going to have a look at what's known as the five pillars of Islam. And then we shall have a look at the six major doctrines of Islam. And then lastly, and most important of all, we shall ask, what does Islam teach and believe about the person of Jesus Christ, your Saviour and my Saviour and Lord? Now, I have to apologise in advance this evening. I have a lot of notes, and I've got to stick to them for this reason. That when you're referring to different cults or Islam, you have to be very careful that you get your facts straight. So please forgive me if I'm a wee bit bound to my notes in front of me. Because I want to present a true record of what they believe. So that in days to come, you might be confronted with a Muslim. And you might have an opportunity to witness to them. And if you know a wee bit about them and what they believe, you will be in a better position To witness to them. And as they see that you know about their religion. They will give you a hearing. Because remember God loves them. And the Lord Jesus died for them. As he did for us this evening. So that's the purpose. In one sense we're doing what Jude says. We are seeking to contend. For the faith that was once delivered unto the saints. Now then, let's have a look very briefly at the five pillars of Islam. That's their phraseology. The five pillars of Islam. The creed, prayer, almsgiving, Ramadan and Pilgrimage. They are the five pillars of Islam. First of all then, the creed. Now it's very interesting that their creed is a very simple and brief one. Compared to the Apostles' Creed and the Nisan Creed, they're very long. So what is the creed of the Muslims? Here it is. There is no God but Allah. Muhammad is the messenger of Allah. That is the creed. Brief and simple. And the only necessity that is required in becoming a Muslim is to repeat the creed three times in the presence of witnesses with all your heart and with all your mind that is how you become a Muslim so that dear friends is their creed there is no God but Allah Muhammad is the messenger of Allah prayer prayer Muslims should pray 5 times a day. 1 at dawn, 2 just afternoon, 3 before sunset, 4 just after sunset, 5 the early part of the night. Muslims are required to pray 5 times every day. Dear friends, that begs a question. How many times do you pray? How many times do I pray? Do you pray five times? Do you pray four times? Do you pray three times? Do you pray twice? Do you pray at all? The Muslims are required to pray five times. And I was just looking up the scriptures today. It's very interesting that even in biblical times, Daniel prayed three times. And uh, the psalmist David in Psalm 55, he said, uh, At noon, in the evening and the morning, will I call upon you. And the writer of Psalm 119 says, uh, Seven times uh, I will arise and praise you. So it's a good way to get into the habit of prayer, whether it be seven times or five times. But Muslims are required, whenever possible, to pray five times a day. Now, I get my newspaper at a, a Muslim news agent, and one day I went on a Friday afternoon, the afternoon, and lo and behold, it was closed. And there was a little notice on the door. Sorry, gone for afternoon prayers. Back soon. Oh dear, that really convicted me. They closed the shop. Went to the mosque to pray. Then came back and opened the shop again. They apologised. It was closed. Perhaps for an hour. I don't know about you, friends, but on the television, when I see in the mosque, maybe 20, 30, 40 men prostrating themselves on bended knees. Oh, how it gets to be. Prayer. Number three, alms given. Muslims recognize that everything is the property of Allah. Listen to this. They are obligated to give two point five percent of their incomes after excluding outstanding debts. This includes helping the poor, orphans, charities, widows, beggars in the street, not necessarily to the mosque. So every boss every bosom is required to give two and a half percent of their incomes. How much of your income do you give to the Lord? Oh you say Stanley, <laughs> I believe in tithing. I believe in giving ten percent. That's wonderful friends. But remember tithing is an Old Testament law. You're not onto the law. You're not bound to ten percent But, as New Testament Christians, if under the Old Testament they gave 10%, then surely we, under the dispensation of grace, can't give less. But we can even give more than 10%. So, the alms given, they are required to give 2.5% of their incomes. Fourthly, Ramadan. Ramadan. This is their annual fasting period during the month Ramadan between sunrise and sunset. They believe it was in this month that Allah first spoke to the Prophet Muhammad the way back in the 7th century AD. The fifth pillar is this. Once in her or his lifetime, the Muslim should make a pilgrimage to Mecca. Once there, they engage in certain rituals, and then travel to Medina, where the Prophet Muhammad spent much of his life and where he is buried. He died actually in six hundred and thirty-two A.D. So, there, briefly, dear friends, are the five pillars of a Muslim and of the Islamic faith. The creed, prayer, almsgiving, Ramadan and if possible to make the pilgrimage to Mecca and then on to Medina. Let me come next to the six doctrines of Islam. Here's the first one. Uh, monotheism now that simply means uh, belief in one God mono means one monotheism belief in one God alone now let me quote from the Quran he is Allah the one Allah is eternal and absolute none is born of him he is onborn; there is none like unto him. And in the Quran you have 99 names and titles for Allah. So they are monotheistic, they believe in one God. Not three gods, not the trinity, not the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit as we do no no they believe in monotheism just one God and his name is Allah angels they believe that they are supernatural beings to do the will of Allah God created hosts of angels all of whom are sinless they don't eat or drink They will finally die and be raised in resurrection. And they believe the greatest of all the angels is Gabriel. Revelation. They believe in three aspects of Revelation. They believe, first of all, in the Torah. That is to say, in the law of Moses. Secondly, now this may surprise us, they believe in the gospel, but they believe that the gospel has been corrupted. So the gospel we have today is impure. It has been corrupted, but they believe in the gospel. Prophets, they believe that Allah sent prophets to reveal His will. They mention Adam, Noah, Abraham, Moses, Jesus, and, of course, Muhammad, who was the last and the final and the seal of all the prophets. Judgment. Now, this is very interesting. They believe in the judgment Allah will judge all men and women. And they liken the final judgment to a big pair of scales. And on one side of the scales, good works. On the other side of the scale, bad deeds. And that will depend on the final judgment, which tips the scales. If your good works tips the scales, Well, then you're okay. But if your evil works tip the scale in the other direction, then it's not too good. It will be based on good works and good deeds. You need at least 51% righteousness. Sixthly, heaven and hell they believe that all men and women will spend eternity in either the splendor of paradise or the eternal torture of hell. Now that very briefly, friends, are the six major doctrines of Islam. Monotheism, angels, revelation, prophets, judgment, heaven and hell. Now then, let me come to the most important aspect of our subject this evening. What do Muslims believe about your Lord and my Lord? What do they believe? Well, I have here tonight a copy Of the Quran. Have you got a copy? This is my copy. (laughs) Now let me tell you something. In English we read from left to right. But the Quran was written originally not in English but in Arabic. And in Arabic you don't read from left to right, you read from right to left. So when I got the copy of the Quran, well, I, I, opened, I started up as an ordinary book, and I couldn't understand head or tail of it. Because I was actually turning to the, to the end of the book. And I had to go to what I would call the end of the book, which was actually the beginning of the book. Do you follow me? So, if you're, going to copy, if you're going to buy a copy of the Quran, don't make that mistake. Go to the back of the book, because that's actually the beginning of the book, because you're reading from right to left, not from left to right, as you do in English. So, here's a copy of the Quran, translated from Arabic into English. And I brought it here this evening, friends, because I'm going to read from the Quran, not in Arabic, but in English, with regard to certain things. Now, what do they believe about our Lord Jesus? Well, if you read the Quran, you'll find that the name of Jesus is mentioned 25 times. 23 times he is referred to as the Son of Mary. Eight things they believe about the Lord Jesus. Now, this may surprise you, the first one. They believe he was virgin born. Secondly, He preached the truth. But they don't say that he was the truth. He preached the truth. Whereas we Christians believe what he said in John chapter 14. I am the way, the truth, and the life. They just say, well, he preached the truth. Uh, Thirdly, he was an example of righteousness. And of course, we accept that gladly. He was an example of righteousness. He was sinless and spotless and stainless. He knew no sin. He did no sin, and in him was no sin. He was an example par excellence of righteousness. Fourthly, he was a prophet of Allah, like Adam. Moses etc ah but here's where we differ (laughs) fifthly he was not the son of God he was not the son of God you see if you believe in monotheism one God there's no room for another one and therefore they believe that he was not the Son of God. Sixthly, he did not die on the cross. Seventh, he is not worthy of worship and praise, but only of admiration as a messenger of Allah. It. He will return from heaven to punish pagans, Jews, and Christians for their failure to accept Muhammad as God's last and greatest prophet and will establish Islam as the true religion of the world. Then he will die and be buried beside the prophet Muhammad. Now that is what they believe, dear friends, about your Lord and my Lord. Now then... (laughs) do take my word for it. Let's go to the Quran. And uh, here's what it says. Page 160. I quote The Messiah is a. Now they actually refer to Jesus as Isa, I S A, Isa, Jesus, son of Miriam, Mary was no more than a messenger. Many were the messengers that passed away before him. So there you have it in black and white, friends. They believe that Messiah a was no more than a messenger. Now then, as it says in page 139, and because of their saying in boast, we killed Messiah, a Jesus, son of Miriam, Mary, the messenger of Allah. Listen to this. But they killed him not, nor crucified him. But the resemblance of isa Jesus, was put over another man, and they killed that man and those who differ therein are full of doubts they have no certain knowledge they found nothing but conjecture for surely they killed him not is it Jesus son of Mary but Allah raised him Jesus up with his body and so unto himself and he is in the heavens and Allah is ever all powerful all wise that is what they believe with regard to the crucifixion of Jesus. It wasn't him. It was somebody else. He wasn't crucified. He didn't die, but was taken to heaven by Allah. Now, in this Quran that I have got, there's a commentary by a professor of Islamic faith and teaching in the Islamic University. A doctor W. T. Al Helife is a PhD. Now here's what he says. Jesus never called himself son of God, as far as I know. I thought to myself, What Bible was he reading? Jesus never called himself son of God, as far as I know, the professor said. Now then, I wonder did the professor not read John chapter 10 and 36. Let's turn to that. John's Gospel chapter 10. This is Jesus speaking to the Jews uh, verse 33 The Jews answered him, saying, For a good work we stone thee not, but for blasphemy, and because that thou, being a Jew, being a man, makest thyself God. Jesus answered them, Is it not written in your law, I said, Ye are gods? If he called them gods unto whom the word of God came, and the scripture cannot be broken, listen to this. Say ye of him whom the Father hath sanctified and sent into the world, thou blasphemest? Because I said, I am the Son of God. What we more clear than that? On one occasion, Jesus said to these Jews, I am the Son of God. And yet the professor says, uh, Jesus never called himself uh, Son of God. Go to John chapter 11 and uh, verse 4. It says, "When when Jesus heard that, he said, this sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. Now let's flip back to John chapter 9. And verse 35 This concerned the man that was born blind and the Lord healed him. Verse 34 They had answered and said unto him That was altogether born in sins and dost thou teach us? And they cast him out. Jesus heard that they had cast him out and when he found him he said unto him Dost thou believe in the Son of God? He answered and said Who is he Lord that I might believe in him? Listen to this Jesus said unto him, Thou hast both seen him, and it is he that talketh with thee. There the Lord revealed himself to that man who was born blind and was healed, the Son of God. let over to John's Gospel, chapter 20. John's Gospel, chapter 20. And verse twenty nine, verse twenty eight, the great confession of Thomas, and Thomas answered and said unto him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said unto him, Thomas, because thou hast seen me, thou hast believed. Blessed are they that have seen and not believed. Verse thirty And many other signs truly did Jesus in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. And that believing you might have life through his name. There's just a few scriptures which prove the old professor wrong. Because Jesus did claim to be the Son of God. And dear friends... They believe in one God, Allah. But that is not the God of the Bible. The God of the Bible is a trinity. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The very first verse in the Bible, Genesis 1 and verse 1, In the beginning, God. That's what it appears in your English version. But in the original in Hebrew it is in the beginning Elohim created the heavens and the earth. Now the name Elohim ends in I am and that signifies in Hebrews it's in the plural and yet it's followed by a singular verb. Now you go back to your days in school. Do you remember English grammar? here's the name of God the plural but it's followed by a singular verse a verb in the beginning Elohim created the heavens and the earth plural go down the chapter what do you find God said let us make man in our image after our life and tell me who's he speaking to is he speaking to himself Let us make man in our image. He wasn't speaking to the angels for the simple reason we're not made in the image of angels. He was speaking to the Son. He was speaking to the blessed Holy Spirit. They were there at the dawn of creation. Because the Bible clearly teaches that. John chapter 1 verse 1. In the beginning was the Logos, and the Logos were with God, and the Logos was God. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. The sun was there. And Genesis 1, verse 2, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. Oh no, friends, Allah is not the God that we worship our God is a triune Jehovah Father, Son and Holy Spirit now, I have tried to cover as much ground tonight dear friend because this is my last evening with you but I do trust that what we've been thinking about with regard to these five pillars and, and these six doctrines and especially what they believe about our Lord Jesus the next time you meet them Who knows, God will give you an opportunity to witness to them. And here's the good news. Many Muslims are coming to faith in God. Now, isn't that wonderful? That deserves a good amen. Amen. Many are coming to faith in the Lord Jesus. Ah, but friends, they are paying a terrible price. Because once they take that decision, they're ostracized. And they are rejected by their families, and listen to this, some have even been killed because they have forsaken Islam and the teaching of what they believe. It costs them something when they become Christians, and sometimes us Christians we get it very easy doesn 't cost us much. Feel like going to church? I will go to church. Don't feel like going? I will not bother going. But Muslims, when they become Christians, oh, they realize uh, it's everything. No compromise, uh, it's everything. And to be rejected by your mother and father, brothers and sisters, family, because of your stand for the Lord Jesus. But God will give them the grace. uh, and God will give them the strength. Well, dear friends, that's me finished. Thank you for listening so patiently. And uh, don't forget, if you do get a copy of the Koran, <laughs> don't, uh, don't make my mistake. You go to the end of the book. That's the beginning of the book. And to the end, Heavenly Father, what a great note to finish the service on this evening. How great is our God. We just want to bow, Heavenly Father, in your presence at the end of the service to give you thanks. Not only for yourself. We want to give you thanks for your lovely and precious Son, the Lord Jesus. The one who loved us, the one who died for us, the one who was buried for us and the one who rose again for us in in mighty triumph and because he lives uh, we can live also and dear Lord we've been thinking of Islam but dear Lord we're so glad tonight that you're moving in the hearts of many Muslims uh, and they're coming to faith uh, in your beloved son and we pray Lord for those that do come and give their lives to you that you give them grace and give them strength uh, to stand uh, against persecution, against antagonism, against hatred. Give them, Lord, that grace to be true and faithful to yourself. And dear Lord, if you bring a Muslim across our path in the week that lies to come, dear Lord, give us wisdom, give us guidance how to speak to them and to point them to the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. Dear Lord, continue to bless the work here in the New Beginnings Church. Thank you, dear Lord, for its witness. Pray, dear Lord, that you bless Graham and the workers here. And grant, dear Lord, in the days and weeks and months that lie ahead, that great and wonderful things will take place in the name of our risen and victorious Lord Jesus. Now, dear Lord, as we leave, go to our different homes. Grant us journey in mercies. And dear Lord, may your blessing, which make of rich and out of no sorrow, be our abiding portion. In the Saviour's peerless name we ask it. Amen. Amen.